Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Deck. And each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-lived movies. And this week... You're not afraid of the dark, are you? That's right. We are watching Pitch Black from the year 2000, directed by David Toohey. I hope I'm saying that right. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest... I don't remember a ton about this movie. I remember liking it. I like that for the opening quote this time. Instead of picking an actual human saying something, you just pick the sound of someone gargling in a low guttural of just... That was pretty good. Uh, Yeah, no, it is a bit of a guttural growl, isn't it, from from, uh, good old Riddick? Hey, I'm not going to complain. Now, have you have you seen all three movies in in this the trilogy? Oh, that's a good question. I know I've seen this. I know I've seen Chronicles of Riddick. What's the third one? It's, it sounds like you're setting me up for a joke, but I'm just going to play it straight. The third one's just called Riddick. Uh the the no, I have not seen all three. I'm not saying it's worth it. I'm just asking. Um, but we're not going to cover all three. I was just curious for context. So, yeah, it's been quite a while for me as well. But back in the day, this was one of my dark horses, uh, no pun intended, of uh, <laughs> movie recommendations that I would kind of pull out when I felt people were being a little too mainstream. I, I really I enjoyed the take on you know this kind of horror sci-fi I like the the quote unquote hero's journey that we're taken on here. I just uh, and again, it's been a long time. I'm I'm curious if I'm still gonna have a high opinion of this movie now, you know, decades later. But that's that's what we do on the show is we we test these uh, you know nostalgic feelings. So that that's my perspective. I. Yeah, I and that's that, that is what we do on this show. We we test the metal of uh what we remember about these these movies. Um When did you first see this? Did you see it like read it when it came out? Did I you watch it in the theaters? Did you rent it? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I don't know why I just did. And I I feel like I did too. I miss going to movie theaters. I remember movie theaters. I think I said those exact words about Two and a half hours ago, I remember <laughs> movie theaters. They were—I don't know. It was—it was. That's another piece of nostalgia. I think that we just we're gonna have to live with until you know we can go back safely. But I—I'm gonna I wear full. I'm gonna like, wear like full scuba gear to go see Lord of the Rings and IMAX. Like wow. That's dedication, especially for all those underwater scenes. Yeah. I mean, that's mainly it. It's all the audience participation. I just want to make sure I don't get drowned. It's cosplay, really, when you think about it. It usually is. (laughs) Uh, Well, barring having much else to say about our memory of this movie, which mine is, is pretty sparse, uh, what do you say we go watch this, John? I think that's a great idea. 
I do as well. We're going to go do that. Uh, it's not currently streaming anywhere for free except maybe like in the USA Network app. So if you have that, you know, have at it. Otherwise, rent it on your favorite streaming rental service or buy it or you know how to get movies. You don't need me to tell you. We're going to go ahead and do that. John, are you ready? I'm, I'm, I'm maybe even more excited than the audience. <laughs> Let's do it. You guys are going to get pitch slapped so hard, your man boobs are going to concave. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Wait. We watched Pitch Perfect, right? Not Pitch Black? Right. I was just uh, absorbing your quote because that was definitely um, that movie. Yep. <sighs> no, I'm just fucking with you. We did watch Pitch Black. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's get down to it. There's, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's first I have to address that there's definitely going to be some confused people who maybe haven't seen Pitch Perfect or maybe haven't seen it often or recently, so they had no clue what that quote was. And maybe they haven't seen, <laughs> maybe they didn't watch Pitch Black this time either, like they have in the past, and they're just trying to remember. They're like they're scouring hey. IMDb right now. Do they really say that in fucking like, Pitch Black? What that? That doesn't sound like it at all. So I think that's great. <laughs> so anyway, you were saying. Uh, no, I was uh, I was going to say there's a lot of elements to this movie that I I just didn't remember were in it. Like that, I feel like I forgot more about this movie than I even remembered uh, when I when I got done watching it. I was I was actually kind of surprised. Uh, I mean, it, it's been like a good twenty years since I watched it, so that kind of makes sense, but. Uh, yeah, like I was, I was just kind so of shocked. What, so, what'd you think? Did you, did you like this movie? Did you not you like know, this movie? What I, were your I, thoughts? I will say I didn't not like the movie. Uh, I I enjoyed myself watching it. It it kind of felt kind of felt a bit like Alien, uh, but on a planet, and maybe like uh great value alien well I, I feel undoubtedly there were elements borrowed stylistically at least you know from the character alien design and some of the you know some elements it's almost hard to like do sci-fi alien without getting somewhere in the realm of being a cousin to a xenomorph or something like that but um i i think the premise of course the movie being called pitch black and them crashing onto this planet and you know the triple eclipse happening and when it quote-unquote goes pitch black then these you know animals these monsters thrive um i i think it's an interesting setup and that alone i thought was a fairly good hook especially seeing this in the theater back in the day when all these like creature effects were like you know top-notch you know, hundred percent top of the game. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, and then you have this, this, the, the atmosphere and the darkness, and and like I remember very clearly in the theater, like my favorite scene visually being the scene where 
the one fancy pants guy is dying and he takes that one last swig of alcohol and blows the fire out and you see all of the aliens and then the fire goes out and they all, it all kind of collapses in on him and and uh, I say aliens, but they're, you know, if they're on their own planet, they're not right. the aliens. The creatures. The creatures. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, a lot of interesting elements. I, I remember personally, one of the things I, I liked about the movie back in the day, and it still holds up decently, um, it's not amazing, but that whole idea of, you know, having different levels of complexity for the characters of what's good and what's bad, you know, like who who, who here really, you know, the idea of serving, you know, self-serving versus helping others, the idea of being willing to do what it takes to survive, the idea, you know, like all these different ideas like of is very little black and white. Yeah, for a movie called Pitch Black. Yeah, hey, there you go. But um but yeah, so you you didn't 100% know um, you know, again, it, it, I'm not trying to paint this as like a great work of art or <laughs> or that this is the big, uh, you know, moral compass we should all be listening and following in our life. Um, but it, I really I still thought that, you know, that good old Vinny uh, brought a, a good amount of charisma for his very straightforward, you know, role that he has, you know, like. Uh, so, yeah, I thought he was menacing and kind of scary and then kind of fun as well because like i actually i did kind of laugh out loud at one point in the movie you want to guess where uh he i mean he he made a quip about something i'm sure uh no what what was it it was let me see if i can oh gosh what is i i know the scene i'm just trying to get the 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 quote right it's when it's when they're like they're you know starting out and they're going to try to make their way back you know with all these creatures out and and he's like they're the the not the lawman the bounty hunter whatever that guy is yeah yeah, yeah. johns yeah johns it's like hey look ahead what's happening is and he looks and he's like it looks clear to me and then they start to stand up and the the creature (laughs) swoops down and almost kills them both and he's like what you said it was clear he said i said it looked like it was clear and he's like, what does it look like now? And he looks up and he smirks and he goes, looks clear to me. <laughs> and I just, the delivery, like, it was just hilarious. And and that was just like that, that kind of uh, bad boy villain hero charm uh, that you know, he's kind of out to serve himself, but not necessarily evil, just not necessarily good either and and so i i thought that was fun i like that 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 dynamic that chemistry that the two of them had was it had, had a touch of um 48 hours yeah uh those of you listening who don't know uh, it's uh eddie murphy and nick nolte uh eddie murphy's like out on uh out of jail helping out this cop nick nolte and they, they have a very funny relationship uh that's that's kind of what i get from the two of them there was actually some pretty decent uh on-screen like chemistry not necessarily in a romantic sense but just in general like people uh people kind of bouncing back and forth off of each other and really uh able to to give off the the sense that things are things are pretty fucking sideways on this planet that they're <laughs> stuck yeah. on. Uh, and, and they're 
either working together or suspicious of one another, and they they really play their parts really well. Uh, and and the cast kind of lends to that. Like you got Keith David, who is always amazing. Yeah. Uh, as as the mom, and then uh, I had actually forgotten that Claudia Black was in this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, if you guys have ever listened or have ever watched Farscape, uh, she's in Farscape. She's like amazing. I I absolutely love. Uh, Claudia Black and then Vin Diesel obviously. Like, Vin Diesel gets a bad rap, I think, uh, in in certain like film circles. Like people don't take him seriously, or they think he's like a just some kind of meathead. I actually really like him. I I, I like a lot of the movies he's been in, uh, and and a lot of the work that he does. I think he's he's a pretty decent actor. He is very serviceable he doesn't get under my skin or annoy me in the way other people do and yet i can't help but maybe want to make fun of him a little bit all the time but yeah like he like uh, i think movies like not even an action movie he was like you know boiler room and like mm-hmm. he he's had like some solid performances and like it just so happens that you know he is part of the this little car racing franchise called like what the quick quick and the mad something like that quick and the mad quick and, quick the and angry. angry yeah that's what i think it is drive uh, drive angry the the fate of the angry was one of them um <laughs> but no like so of course between that and voicing groot like you know that's like a lot of his uh personalities wrapped up in that he's going to be in the next two avatar sequel movies is he really? Yeah, but I don't know if he's just going to be the voice of a plant or like you know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, he he does plant really well. That's his bread and butter lately. So <laughs> no, but like yeah, he he has he has kind of a, a lazy thug charisma, you know, like that mm. that borderline, you know, kind of bad by default, but also maybe he, maybe he's redeemable. Maybe I can change him. Um, you know. That's that's what happens when you're you know born as Mark Sinclair. You gotta yeah, exactly. You gotta put in a little flavor. Of course, uh, he actually. Uh, not a lot of people know this. He's a big nerd. <laughs> like he's big into D and D. You know, it's is super cool. Yeah, it's funny because there's several. Uh, you know, these like big buff acting action guys who are also like you know, where the, you know, kind of these nerds grown up and like have this inner geek inside of them. And it's like, it's kind of fun and relatable. And at the same time, it seems like a little unfair too. Yeah. A little but, bit. Cause, uh, what's his name that, uh, um, jo- I know you're yeah. talking about Joe Manganiello. Of course. Um, like he also runs that fairly famous D and D game on some YouTube channel. I don't know what it is, but, um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of fun too. And I, I think that, uh, the more you get the intersection of, you know, uh, intellectual and creativity and actiony muscle stuff, like all all that kind of stuff, is is a lot of fun. So, the more you can put into the movie, the more you can bring into that role, the more dynamics and the the little bits and pieces of your personality that are not so blank or, or black and white or just you know one or the other. It I think it really adds to the performance. So I I completely agree. So Pitch Black, it's a Pitch it's a, Black. It's a movie, right? It sure um, is. How would you, if you had to describe this movie, like I don't mean like a synopsis. I'm just saying, like genre-wise, what would you say this movie is? Well, that's a good question because early on you get sci-fi because mm-hmm. they're in space. Which thinking back, we probably should have thrown this in too. 
uh, our, our space series, uh, but that, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but it, it quickly kind of develops into sort of a futuristic horror. So I think if, if I had to really nail it down to one thing, I'd probably say horror. Yeah, I think they definitely wanted horror and it just kind of had a, a bit of a, a sci-fi buildup, like you're saying, which is, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to like bend genres and combine them and all that. Cause, well, there's lots of movies that, that pull that off. I mean, if you well, look at like Event Horizon or Alien or, or something, yeah, I mean, stuff that, like that. Like, it almost seems like uh, within sci-fi, um, like within sci-fi, you have horror is like a subgenre. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's almost oh, what kind of sci-fi movie is it? Is kind of is it like a fun action sci-fi? Is it a comedy or is it you know horror? Like that, there's enough movies that fit into that realm. But I was thinking, um, as just a, an overall segment or idea, I'll have to come up with a, a theme song intro for this later that you can embarrassingly <laughs> play over and over again. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I I think it'd be kind of fun like to play with something i was thinking about which was how do we build our own better version of this kind of movie and and what i'm saying what i'm saying here is not how do we make pitch black better what i'm saying is how do we look at like this kind of horror creature type movie and put our own spin on it like what have you not seen that you wish you could you know like what what do you think hasn't been explored because we know we've seen dozens and dozens of variants on the story so i'm going to ask you a few questions that we can ponder here and see if we can come up with a, our own little mini pitch to ourselves about what we'd want to do uh with the movie here okay i'm down for this but we do have to be careful because stephen king is probably listening and we'll turn this into a book well i don't think we have to be careful well okay then i mean I, that's just what i that's what i want him <laughs> to, to do um i don't even need credit because he didn't give me credit for Langoliers, so and I'm not upset about that. Which there are some Langoliers elements in this movie too, like the 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 chewing, the specifically chewing. the chewing. Uh, but anyway, so building our own monster movie. First of all, let's talk genre. This was sci-fi horror. I mean, anything that's kind of a monster movie is going to have some element of horror, although some are really played more for comedy, but they still have that a bit of that horror element to them as well. Sure. So in terms of genre, if you think you get a chance to make your own twist on, on this movie, what what do you think you'd want to explore? Do you have any thoughts? Hmm. I'm picturing something that is... It, it it lives in the sewers and not mm. in like a a pennywise the clown sense but like it's a, a, a not it, it's it's an extant thing like alligator that, that lives in the sewers like an alligator but not an alligator and not even not necessarily even a reptile but it does live in the sewers you do know just for sake of argument that sewer is not a movie genre Right. Did I miss the question? Like, I just asked what. I, well, first, I was trying to figure out what kind of genre movie you wanted. This. Do you want to do sci-fi? Do you want to do a western? Do you want to do action? Do you want comedy, romance? Like. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, you don't get a lot of like romance horrors. Like, 
probably I'm, the, the, yeah. the you get like a Shaun of the Dead, which is like a rom com horror, but none that are like the end goal is to fall in love. I love it. See, that's a good twist. That's different because you're right. Most of the time, you might have a throwaway relationship or an implied relationship, or you just have two people who, for no good reason whatsoever, decide now is the time to have sex because the monster is outside their window and they haven't seen him for 10 seconds. It's like, you know, but if if this really was more built around a relationship or multiple relationships if this was exploring the human element and how they react to situations you know that i think that that brings an interesting twist i in my mind i was trying to think of some variation that would be just kind of different and interesting and i was thinking kind of like a period piece um like and so maybe we can combine those and kind of do like a, a like a, a bridgerton or you know like a some kind of you know, capitalize on, on that type of thing and have like, you know, romance relationships, but also maybe set back a few hundred years. And so you, you mentioned Bridgerton. Do, do we have to go European? Nope. Cause if we're going to do period piece, what if we did like a feudal Japan? That's okay with me, but they didn't have sewers. Oh shit. You're right. <laughs> but uh, no, we can we can we can build. But that this is this is why we're workshopping, and we can build okay. it up and see where it goes. So, okay, yeah, feudal Japan. Um, I you know that that could be interesting. Um, so for for this then is is the it almost feels like the monster or creature involved maybe should be a circumstance or something happening, and not like the quote unquote villain. Or or, mm. or or antagonist um, that maybe uh, that there should be some obstacle to the relationship, you know, which, you know, could be, you know, monster or monsters and, and civilization falling apart and people dying. But it could also be some sort of, a, you know, I'm I have to marry the emperor or something like that. Hold on a second. I mean, obviously, the monster here is you for not silencing your phone. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to convince myself and the listeners that feudal Japan did not feature cell phones heavily. I cannot. Um, I cannot exactly. do that. Can't prove it, can you? So anyway, so yeah, so I like this. So so, so I, I, like, I like where you're going with uh, a, a circumstance or, or, or not necessarily being like the uh, an evil malevolent thing it's just sort of there and something they have to overcome uh so bear with me feudal japan mm-hmm. uh they are that this village is in the shadow of mount fuji mm-hmm. and whatever our monster is our, our as yet undefined monster uh exists in a cave Mm-hmm. Set in the foot of Mount, in the foothills of Mount Fuji, close to this village, uh, and it is taking children. Okay, I have two ideas here. Um, one of which could possibly go with the children angle. Um, the other could be we might want to rework that particular angle. I'm thinking okay. for, for the I'm, creature, I'm the creature or the monster here. I think we want to go to ex- one of two extremes, you know, no middle sliders. Um, <laughs> I say we, we either go with a very tiny monster. That's about like 
eight to 12 inches tall, you know, like smaller than leprechaun or anything. So you either have some very tiny monster, and this could still be a lethal, scary monster, possibly. It'd be interesting to try to design something that could be tiny, but like absolutely devastating, you know, the same way like a, a, a knife can be small, but, you know, could kill you. Um, it could be a walking knife. That's the monster. No, um, but the other direction <laughs> is what if, like, what if this creature is Mount Fuji? Oh, okay. but no one knows. No one knows. No one knows that there's just the legends and oh, that's just a story. That's not a real thing. And like maybe like I'm trying to think of a way this could like create itself as some sort of a threat without revealing this thing. But like you know, maybe part of this is some sort of researcher being done that it's like no everything the actual translation and blah 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 and leads to it like being it is the volcano they're like oh so what the volcano is gonna erupt and everyone thinks it's a monster is that how we explain it you know like and, and you know whatever that might be maybe we could set it up to make it sound like that that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to say oh monster not happy it's going to explode and dump lava on us but like but then it's revealed at some point that, that no, this thing is actually, you know, several thousand tons of rock and molten lava. And it like just becomes like an actual creature. And, and maybe the whole goal of the movie again, is not to kill the monster or even to, you know, to solve the monster problem, but maybe it's can our couples get through this, you know, whether it's one couple or more than one, but can they forge this, you know, early relationship and trials and tribulations of whatever is leading up to you know all these rumors and all the things that are going on that could stop them and and this whole backdrop is just impending doom that something's going to happen and they keep uncovering more and more clues that this kind of an okay, end of world scenario it. here we go you ready I'm blow your mind yep feudal japan set in the foothills of mount fuji a young couple is in love but they don't know they, they 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 can't because of their families they can't uh they, they can't date and they can't be together or they they have to go through some kind of ceremony or, or something the young man who is a royal of some kind he comes from a long line and for as long as his bloodline has been in power something has been taking people or attacking people hurting people the only way to stop comes out when this or, or, or when anyone in the bloodline is asleep or, or yeah. the, the, I'm, I'm getting there stay with me okay <laughs> so <laughs> he comes from a long line uh of of royals I think this makes for and... a good podcast and i say another 10 to 12 minutes of almost having it and losing it and we'll be <laughs> on our way <laughs> No, I, I just realized that another problem with my whole idea here is, you know, we're talking about Field Japan and we're talking about, uh, did you just hear my phone go off again? I did, yes, monster. I'm a popular person. I hate everything. Um, <laughs> no, there there is this one story about, you know, Japan and a giant creature that causes devastation. Oh, wait, they've already done Godzilla. Well, yeah, but that doesn't take place in feudal Japan, does it? Well, depends. There probably is a version out there. There probably there's, is. There's, there's like 900 fucking Godzilla movies. Anyway, all right. 
So <laughs> I was stalling. Did, did you could you get the solution? You I, I think out. so. So this young couple, uh, when he whenever the next royal comes of age, uh, the phenomenon the phenomenon starts again. Oh, like John Travolta. Exactly. No, the creature in the foothills of Mount Fuji comes out again and starts doing its thing. We will we'll still decide what that is. Uh, but it only happens at night. And the resolution to this, we will come to find out, is for the uh, the young royal to find true love, uh, which will break the curse that has been cast upon his family, his bloodline, uh, for generations. So it's like a werewolf story or something? Uh... Werewolf slash Beauty and the Beast, but in feudal a, a, Japan, a little more Beauty and the Beast. Uh, but the Beast is tied to his sleep state. Yes. All right, we'll have to workshop this. Can you can, can you get uh, Philip uh, to run this over to our development team? Yeah. Hey, Philip, will you take this and just run that over the dev team? Did you just stand up? Did you just hand them an, an a audio recording, like a reel? Yeah, I'm recording this on a reel to reel. That's how yeah. podcasts are made, John. I heard a little noise there, and I just imagined you hitting a little button and popping off a reel and handing it up, <laughs> and that really that made me happy. I'm trying to tell. Would you take this, please? Go, just take it. The, the dev team will know what to do with it. Just do it. All right. Well, that's taken care of now. Jesus, so fucking hard to get good help. Anyway. So, what do you think? Well, I mean, it's gone. I, I think we've sent off the... I mean, talking about it now makes no sense because it's not going to make it onto That's that fair. reel. So, I, I'd say I'd say I'd give us maybe like a, a C plus. That's You know, that's better than I would have given us, so... Yeah, I think there's some promise, but I'm not sold. We'll, we'll have to try this again uh, uh, with another movie <laughs> and see if we can tone it in and get something that I'm actually excited about. And then maybe we then go to Steven Spielberg. I did have one more idea. Tucker and Dale versus Evil, but it's feudal Japan. Mm, nope. Okay. It's already been done. It's called Old School. Oh, well, shit. Wait. Okay. Although, I have to admit, I do think having Will Ferrell in a feudal Japan uh, monster movie <laughs> makes a lot of sense. He would have to be the monster, right? Like, Right, well, of course. We're in like... A, a rubber suit and blah. yeah for sure okay all right let's move or, on. or doesn't wear a rubber suit he just walks around like in his underwear but nobody acknowledges that they just keep calling him whatever the monster's name is gojira <laughs> uh, I gojira go back to... i know him <laughs> I want to go back you to on, talking you about... You sit on a feudal throne of lies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm ready. Let's get back to the movie we're all here for. Yeah, the movie that we watched, Pitch Black. Oh, yeah, I forgot about uh, that. Visuals weren't great, although they were not the worst that we've seen. This is the thing about setting a movie where a lot of it happens in the dark. I think that's really smart when you don't have much of a, a budget or if you're really kind of pushing the limits of what graphics can do. And in our high def age, maybe it doesn't translate as well. 
and maybe my brain was foggy at the time because again this was what 21 years ago when this came out or so mm-hmm. and so maybe monster you know creature graphics you know at that time cgi stuff was maybe this was cutting edge or okay or maybe it was just darker i think it was just darker in the theater because uh, i just really feel like a lot of the stuff wasn't as distinguishable and so you didn't see much and so it was scarier where here things lingered longer and you really got a good look at stuff and it was just like hmm seems a little cartoonish high definition has been a blessing and a curse right like you know it's it's great when you're trying to see like if the ball actually touched the goal line or if it was a blade of grass off, but it's terrible when you're going back and watching movies that the, the visual effects and graphics seemed to be revolutionary. And then it turns out that it's just a little, just a little off center. Yeah. Well, can I complain about something having to do with visuals of the movie, but not necessarily special effects? Absolutely. I think for a movie called pitch black, they definitely had issues with the concept of light sources. Yes. Because, and I know you know this because <laughs> you just watched it, but it, it, this, for some reason, it actually bothered me because I think most people who are, who have ever shot scenes at night for TV, for movies, anywhere, they have this whole, you got to be able to see the actors, of course. So you got to have some sort of reflective light or so, you know, like, and it's like, I almost would have preferred being able to see nothing if it stayed consistent with the story, as opposed to there are times when, you know, someone has a flashlight shining forward, but you have a shot of their well-lit face and it's like, they're nothing's reflecting that light. Um, you know, like, so there are times when they're like, relatively well lit with no known light sources or there's a some big fight coming out and the lights go out but you can still see them fighting even though we've already established if the lights go out it's pitch black and you could see nothing and like that went back and forth but then you also have scenes where they're traveling together and putting off a good amount of light but there's no aura of light it like hits a black dome like as soon as it gets to the end of their head and so like there's no ambient light being cast off from from torches and glow tubes and like all these different things. So it's like they never quite understood what to do with the reality and the physics of light. And the only reason that's such a huge deal is because that's the whole point of the the premise (laughs) that that's driving them and their safety is that light, you know, protects them. And so that seems like if you're going to have that huge conceit and try to build the atmosphere and mood all around it, you should have a little bit of a concept in your head of how light works. Well, and to take that a step further, I don't remember seeing a lot of stars when they were outside of uh, of any ship yeah. in the dark. Like, I don't remember – stars will produce a certain amount of light that, that, well, that illuminates. It's not a lot, but, give, you know, given enough time in the dark, your eyes will adjust, you know, and, and utilize that light to an extent. Yeah. I was about I to say really maybe – because it did rain, so maybe the clouds rolled in as it as the right after the eclipse happened. So maybe that's why I don't see stars because I see the planets during you know as the eclipse is about you know as it's happening. So maybe there because we don't understand the the weather on this planet. Maybe just a bunch of clouds rolled in, and that's why we couldn't see stars. Could be. Maybe it's phosphorescent clouds. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's glowworms. Glowworms. Very realistic <laughs> looking. 
little glow fellas. <laughs> it looked like uh like fishing tackle. Like just glow in the dark, like fake fishing bait. Hey, you work with what you got. You do, indeed. And it's, it's bright enough to, you know, hurt monsters. Sure. They so, seem to th- they they seem to bank on that. Why not? You know, it kind of <laughs> worked. Cool. I have one more segment. Did you have anything else you want to talk about before we get into that? Well, I was going to ask if if there were. Um, I mean, we both have kind of talked about liking Vin Diesel and you know the character of Riddick, but were there any of these other side characters, the majority of which get you know skewered at some point, that you particularly <laughs> enjoyed or? Um, I know you like what's his face as an actor, and that's fine. I don't know if you liked his character in this movie. Talk about uh, Keith David. Yeah, he, yeah, as the imam, I, I liked him as a as a character. I thought that he 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 played it very well. I thought that he he had a lot to contribute there. Uh, I also liked uh, Jack, uh, who yeah. played by uh, Rihanna Griffith. Uh, I thought that uh, they. I'll go with they because there's a gender change at some point uh i thought that they were uh, a really cool character uh especially you know in in its in this sort of deceptive way going about it and, and saying oh yeah you know i'm 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 i'll i'll kill i'll kill to get those eyes <laughs> trying to be a little badass like i thought it was that was a neat little touch yeah that's fun and and Again, we're only talking about Pitch Black, but that character of Jack, you get to see some interesting development in the, you know, as we move forward into other movies as well mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I I kind of, you know, I I kind of enjoy the, uh, you know, what's his face? The fancy pants guy. Talking about uh, uh, Paris. Sure. Yeah. Paris P. Ogilvie. Like... He said he wanted to die in France, right? Yeah, he said I was supposed to. Buy, I was supposed to die in Paris. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but no, like, of course, he, he's a bit, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm not saying it was wonderful or great, but like the idea, <laughs> at least for a little while, uh, of someone who is just going to try to like just live in the moment, enjoy what's thrown at them, you know. Put up, put up an umbrella, break out a cigar, have some whiskey or bourbon or whatever he had on hand, and and just be like, you know what? It, 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 we're either going to get out of this or we're not. So I'm just going to kick my feet up and just kind of chill for a while, and and uh, you know maybe maybe not be so uh, you know weak <laughs> and you know horrible um, and crybaby about things, but like. There are elements about him that I thought were kind of fun. So, you know, I guess if we made a movie about my life, I'd want him to play me. And he, he he did it to almost <laughs> a hedonistic extent, right? Like he he was like, I'm just gonna drink and smoke cigars, and you know, if I die, I die. Almost for yeah, for a movie with not a lot of black and white, it felt like there were a lot of archetypes that we wanted filled. You know, the holy man, the 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 hedonistic excess guy, the murderer, the druggie, the woman, you know, all yeah. the worst stuff. All the worst stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not saying I say that. I'm saying the movie was saying that. Sure. The worst you know, of the but, worst. But she, she meaning, you know, 
I can't remember these people's names because uh, the woman who became the captain. Um, oh, uh, Carolyn Fry. Sure. Is the character's name. I bet it is. Like, she is set up on her own little redemptive arc. You know, Riddick has his own redemptive arc. Like, everybody has an opportunity. Not everybody, but a lot of people seem to have these opportunities where they're questionable and then they have a chance to come back and see it's almost like the gold standard presented by this movie is the willingness to die to protect or save other people you know um and so it's interesting to see her go from wanting to eject people to save the ship which again is not like murder or anything it's just she realistically thought we will all die or two of us can live you know so it's like but then the guilt from that and and, you know, coming back and then ultimately she didn't even know she was going to sacrifice herself, but she ran back out to help Riddick. So, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. get skewered. It happens. Sure. Um, but, yeah, so so I guess just going through, it's it's an interesting bunch of characters, some good performances. And, yeah, I, I say good job because a lot of times that there's not that much attention put into these ensemble action horror movies where people are getting killed off. There's usually maybe one or two somewhat interesting characters and then a bunch of throw-offs so i think they did a good job trying to make these characters their own no i agree and i I think that they they worked really well with the cast that they had like you you have a few bigger names like vin diesel and keith david but a lot of these characters or a lot of these actors are largely unknown especially in the states and you you get the flip side of it too with other movies you get these huge star-studded casts that are you know the it's it's literally all names that you know, but the movie's a flop because nobody works well together. Yeah. And it, the the flip side of that is this, like everyone worked really well together. And so it, it made a movie that was enjoyable to watch. So, yeah. In fact, I, I mean, talk about a cast, like as the ship was crashing in the beginning, I could have sworn I thought I saw Tony Colette in there somewhere for a second. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that she was in this movie. And then I don't know. I don't even know who it was I was looking at when I thought that. And I didn't bother to go back and look. But I was just like, oh, no. That's she's interesting. Not in I'm trying to think of who it could have been. I mean, there's really only about three or four women like that. Or maybe was two. I mean, anyway. there's, there's Carolyn Fry. There's uh, Shaza, uh, played by Cara, uh, Claudia Black. Yeah. Well, Anyhow. It, I guess my brain falling apart is not really, you know, relevant to where we go with this. <laughs> That's our show, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to us each and every week as we distill another favorite from our past. Come and catch new episodes every Monday at tmdpod.com or everywhere that you can listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts and Google and Spotify and Stitcher and Podbean and all those different podcast apps. John. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that everyone here probably has different opinions on the following topic. But if I had to ask you, Anthony, which movie had a better soundtrack, Pulp Fiction or Pitch Black? What would you probably say? Oh, it's, close, right? It's very, very close. It's times like these I'm glad that we don't even have to worry about that when picking the theme song that we run throughout our podcast destroying the evidence by semaphore works every time all the time and it's really the best possible option out of all of our theme songs i thought you were gonna make Um, a foo fighters reference for a second because you said times like these oh no i don't even i don't even uh, i've never seen that movie oh 
I'm so slow today. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, speaking of being slow, you can snail mail us at our home address. Oh, wait, no. Uh, try emailing us at thememorydistillery at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, ideas, or if you want to come up with a new segment for our show that we could take for a spin because, I mean, it could probably not get too much crazier. Um, you could tweet us at TMDPod, and that's our Instagram handle you know, as well. Don't and don't I, don't feel bad about feel like bad. not like not not being on your game today. They say around episode ninety three, that's when you start to that's what let, they say. let off the gas a little bit. Everybody everybody gets to episode ninety three, but not everybody gets to episode ninety four. It's what they right. say. That's right. Uh, it's a classic. I think that Wade Boggs started that. He, he sure was, did. He was talking about drinking beers on a plane, but um, sorry, that's kind of a real life and also an always sunny he, Philadelphia he was talking reference. about the remaining hairs on his head so i i think that the best possible way we can sign off on the show is to remind you all that we kept this shorter than usual just for you because we respect you um and that we'll we'll see if we bounce back next week um but no spoilers here i'm not going to tell you what we're reviewing but it's one of the best movies ever made or it might not be You'll, the only way to find out is to to check out our next episode. So, <laughs> And now that I've hooked you, let me close things out by saying thank you again for listening to us despite all of this that I'm pointing to at myself and around myself. I'm John Deck. And I'm Anthony Ranieri, and this has been The Memory Distillery. Saddle up. S- saddle up that horse and ride. San Diego. <laughs> Catchphrase. Chinky. Oh man. You remember remember how like when when you were little and like you would like stay up late and then you would just like laugh at everything when it was the middle of the night and like you'd probably get in trouble if like, you know, parents or anybody heard you because you're supposed to be asleep. Uh huh. Ever that ever happened to you? Yep. Ah, cool. All right. (laughs) Never happened to me. Oh, really? It sounds cool. How did did you come up with that relatable... I watch uh, a lot of movies. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) We should do a podcast about that. Movies. That'll show them. a lot of movies. Can you imagine if we did a podcast about movies? (laughs) 